Hey, you're listening to the Smoking Joe Thunder podcast. Hey, what's up? It's your boy Joe Thunder back once again with another episode of the Smoking Joe Thunder podcast. I got my co-host Elvis Freshly in the Yo, building. What it do, player? Chilling, bro. How you doing? Chilling, man. You know, smoking. Right, doing right. What we do? Happy motherfucking birthday! Oh shit, birthday! Yeah. Oh, it is my birthday. Oh, it's your birthday, birthday. Go show it. It's my birthday today. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, bro! Thank you, man. How yeah, many this years? Twenty three. Like, it's something like that. This year, I was like, I'm just not gonna make a deal out of it. Last year, we had a little party. I was All like, right. cool. I got it out of my system. Right. Now I wish it wasn't my birthday. All right. We're going to have a party here in a couple months for my birthday because I'm, yeah, getting, old. Serious, I'm getting old. I'm getting old. You know, you know right. a venue you, you could use if you want to. Right here, yeah. Oh, you can smoke. We can smoke here. Oh, that's very true. We were smoking. You could come have dinner. Yeah, there you first. go. We're smokers. We're not that's drinkers, it. but you know what I mean? <laughs> but real quick, shout out to our official sponsor, Be Good Dispensaries, over there on 11 West Hampton. Right, right. And where are they up north? 114th and Cherokee Street, right across the highway from Boondocks. Hell yeah. We've got another exciting episode for for you today oh yeah man we got a cat in the building that's been doing it for Thank a you. minute man he's Thank a you. mc he's a rapper he's a producer he's a label owner he's a bar owner again fuck i don't even know Being out here doing yeah. multiple lanes he used to be the c- used to be the cigarette man they the know him as the marlboro man, man you right. know what i mean right there on 16th street mall yeah we got status right. cadaver records in the building what's going oh, down peace, buddy man thank you for having me joe for sure for joe sure, for sure. Oh, thank you for coming guys, man that's Hell dope yeah. Yeah. known each other Appreciate for a minute you. right bro yeah man like 20 years or something like we i mean like not not a little bit of <laughs> not time, like like yeah but you know what i mean right. no but i mean like right. that's a long time that is it's half my life bro yeah i kind of look I at some so. of the music man and it dates back to 2005 2006 is when yeah, we started going down right. you know what i mean yeah so i opened that shop um 2003 two something like that downtown the, the cigarette shop, the cigarette shop. Right. Yeah. yeah yeah that's what, that's around when i when i met you like 2004 yeah. just from being outside of here your... and it took me a couple of years to get my bearings down there but we had been there that long but i mean that's how long i remember you Damn, was it hard crazy. to get that spot because that's kind of like a nice spot especially well that the... shop was a was kind of a little turd in that building but it was the location was really good right next right. to mcdonald's yeah the underneath poppin', underneath mcdonald's underneath mcdonald's the, the right. most popping yeah. the most right. cigarette poppinest yeah fucking McDonald's the, the one the one cigarette business but no cigarettes in no, it, yeah, yeah, no, like, we it. were doing whatever but that's what it is yeah but right. no it, it was um it, the, long story short there was another cigarette shop in the west side on um sixth and calumet and that's where the shop originally was, and I worked for those guys. They also, then they opened that shop on 16th and Champa. The one on 6th and Calumet went under. Put me over at the one on 6th and, or I'm sorry, on the mall on 16th and Champa. And then they were going to close that one, so I... Um, kind of to took the, it over, right? I went to the landlord and got my own lease and basically told him, fuck you, close it then. And they ended up selling me all the stuff in there for a little bit of money, and I opened back up. And then I didn't. I found out why they were going out of business. It wasn't making any money. Right. But I, I, I diversified from there. You know, so. Diversified your portfolio. We did what we did, and then I was, you know, I was always into the, to the, you know, local scene and everything. So I let a lot yeah, of yeah. guys. You sell mixtapes, yeah. tapes. Yeah. Cigarettes, yeah. cigarettes, mixtapes. Blunts, probably. Not. I sold porno out of there, dude. I sold. <laughs> fucking, yeah. I sold. I sold love, love. Uh, what do they call love roses, bro? I made. I made my rent selling love roses. What's a love rose? You don't even want to know it though. They were those little glass tubes that yeah, had the little rose in it. That so smell crack. That people sell. Correct. Smoke crack. That's out not of. what the sign said though. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, love roses. You know, 
The yeah. smoke, 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 smoke crack like this. Yeah. yeah. The funniest yeah. story, bro. It's a different track. Going to the little the little um the little corner store right there in Swansea on Josephine. Right, right. The you remember who Jerry's Corner. Not Jerry's, but the other one on under Joseph- the bridge. Oh, yeah, his 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 like his nephews uh, or whatever. Uh, Huskies. Yeah. Huskies. And I went in there one time like to go buy blunts because they used to have blunts all cheap and this fool just rolls there like normal white dude. Suit and everything. <laughs> yeah. And this fool buys a Brillo pad and two of those yeah. things. Yeah. I was like, damn, this, oh, mother- get that. this motherfucker's yeah. about to go get high oh, right well, now. Yeah. My favorite shit was <laughs> fools would come in and they'd look through them and go, oh, I collect these. I'm looking for the yellow one. Or they'd say, oh, my girl loves these. Yeah. She already, you know, That's and I'm like, dude, nobody's judging you over here, right. bro. Just, fuck. You know. I legit remember my homie, though, one time getting one because he thought his mom would really like them. <laughs> well, she might have. <laughs> the little rose. There was a handful of people that didn't know that, what they, they were for. They had no idea know. what they were And I don't know what the original intention was of the love rose. Maybe it was to fucking give to your mother, but something over like time that. they figured out you could use it for something else. <laughs> something else. <laughs> that's hilarious. For breaks, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that's you know. right. But no, man, I, I, we did. Definitely is um, the breaks. The, one of the things that I didn't make the most money i really didn't make much money at mm. all but selling um local artist stuff out of there was awesome because i got to know everybody and right you know right. it's just the cool networking. to be able to walk into a place and see your stuff and right. you know we would have a lot of people though come through there because that stuff was in there it's just the hip-hop scene never spent right. much money right you know, no, if, that you've was ever, the, if you've ever been involved with the hip-hop that. scene yeah, that, you know? that was a huge problem with uh yeah. with uh, any hip-hop stores any hip-hop anybody yeah. doing hip-hop even like People who had dope shit and were able to like really stock a store, like Mr. Rags back in the day, and they yeah, were they were a little more they were content and content, but like yeah. they they didn't like Mr. Rags had bread, yeah, and they didn't make it. Do you, you remember know what I mean? um, Twisted Soul Bomb uh, Records Twisted Art. in the North Bomb Side of Federal? Yeah, that bro. joint, dude. We loved that place because they were the only place that had Psycho Realm, right? Music, right. Spin Records you know? too in the East Side. They had, you know, like it was all these little spots that they yep. just didn't make it because hip hop heads. At the time, did not spend money. They didn't. They didn't have it though. Right. It and the ones that had money didn't live in the city without right. the rest right. of us. It really, was a different time in Denver know, for and, sure. But it, I did. Well, I don't know how to put it. If people were doing promotional stuff out of the store, it flew off the shelf. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or Man. if they did deals, you could get three for right. I used to watch ten Verbal. bucks. I used to watch Mr. Know? Verbal just crush. Dude, I, Verbal crush. was my buddy. Xavier is my buddy and Jay Cook. Right. Bro, you I know, used to watch They him sold more albums. Shit. Dude, I, I kind of joke around and always say this and no no cap on anyone, but Verbal's really like the only one to probably go platinum in these streets. Yeah, like, yeah, I agree. Platinum in these I agree, streets, bro. That's because that put in 20 years of everyday slang and CDs. You know what I mean? Dude, Verbal would come down to the shop and uh, I would run deals, three mixtapes, whatever, for 10 bucks. And he would give me, I'd give him a little bit of a cut, you know, a deal on that. And he would give right. me, say, 30 bucks and grab nine tapes or 10 tapes from me, 11, 12, whatever. Right. Some Joe Thunder, some, some of our Just shit, a bunch some Kadabba shit, shit, whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, Pincho Sack, motherfucking. Right. All the old Dank, all the, all you know, the shit fucking was... uh, Mainline. I mean, there was a lot right. of people down right. there. Right. Um, and he would come back and give me the money and then get more and go sell them again. And, and you know, I, I had to shell out some of that money and some of that, you know, it, it got eaten up because that store wasn't right. making any cash. But, I mean, the fact that he went out there, Verbal would sell, always sell his records also, but he didn't have a problem. It was anything that was on. He was on. He would know. sell anything. Yeah. Yeah. That shit was funny. He didn't give a shit, man. He was a good dude. Nah, he was the shit too. Like every every time I see him, just always like, yo, just like happy to see you type yes. shit, you know. Well, he and was just... from Brooklyn and he was older than all of us. <laughs> and 
hustled. Yeah. And I'm he awesome. had the Anytime. best accent. Uh, he was one of the funniest guys you'd ever meet. Dude. Yeah. He was, and he was great. loyal. Yeah. I, hot, I got mad love for him, man. I was gonna say those hot dogs on his neck. Dude, he told me he can, he told me one day he goes, Stat, I, I gotta start eating healthier and um I gotta start eating vegetables and he walked in with this piece of pizza that had like jalapenos and shit up. Yeah, I'm eating vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, all right, Verbal. That's you know, funny. Hey, that's, Verbal that's got a girlfriend for a little bit? He, uh, yeah, I know awesome. her name. She was I awesome. I'm She's a beautiful, <laughs> nice, sweet person. I love but her very much. But she was his biggest fan at the show. That she was awesome. Funny. Yeah. Nah, Verbal's okay. Yeah. Well, Verbal was very likable, but, you know, she she moved on. Right, right. <laughs> that was a long, long time ago. Yeah, dude. Hey, real quick, though. We yeah. kind of missed. Tell these people who you are and where you're from and kind of how you kind of got um, started in hip-hop. So my name is uh, Status, um, Cadaver Colt, Cadaver Records, originally, and still Bags of Dagger, if you're really old school in our side. We were B.O.D. Um, my real name, Zach. Um, I got started making hip-hop in North Denver at North High School, put a first album out there, and I don't know if it was 99. We were actually selling it. I, I was a, I graduated North in 2000, so I sold the album, I think, at North my senior year, 99, 2000. That was that Agaposi Gob album had, you know, the original lineup of the Cadaver. And then um, I went, I, you know, I started playing shows, got to get, you know, knowing people and, you know, just went on from there. And, um, you know, I'm a big advocate, right. a local, you know, supporting local artists, local mm -hmm. business. You know, local music, all that shit. You That's know, it, man. my uh, mom's side of the family, where they go from North Denver, so you know, I always be talking that Italian shit. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not 100 Italian, but I am half. So. Yeah. Hey, what was the first element of hip hop you, you gravitated towards? Italian than anything, my dad bro. was pretty dark, though. For <laughs> a, for an Irish guy, my dad was pretty dark. But you yeah. definitely look Italian. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. You're able to talk that shit. I talk you that pull shit. It off. Yeah, I can talk shit. You know, all day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What, I'm sorry. What was your um, the first element of hip hop you gravitated towards? Was it rapping or was um, it? So, to be honest, um, my older brother was born in Camden, New Jersey, right? And um, my older sister also. And my brother moved to Denver. He was into metal, you know, and he played drums. Mm. And I wanted to, you know, be like him, you right. know. So um, I got a bass guitar when I was a kid. Um, teenager and I was trying to play bass and I my mom got me bass lessons and uh, the bass teacher told me I needed to get a metrodome and I went to so this bass guitar is like $90 bass guitar it was like a piece of shit it was a right. Samick I don't know if you know Samick they're beautiful <laughs> but then um, I went to the guitar center or whatever it was back in the day and and they the metrodomes were very expensive like right. a real metrodome right. they were like they're like 180 bucks or something and the guy there said um I could sell you this drum machine for like 99 bucks. It was like an Alesis SR16 drum machine. Kind of does the same thing, right? Yeah, and I was like, okay. And he goes, yeah, it's, 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 it's it has every time ever you want. And so I, um, I took that home, and then all of a sudden I'm making drum beats, and I was like, fuck being in a band, dude. Like, this is way yeah, cool. And, 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 you know, I grew up as much around metal and punk rock and all that as I did around hip hop. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, in North High School, you right. know, there was a handful of kids that listened to metal, but uh, most of the school. All oh, hip hop heads. You know, at least the kids that spoke Rap. English. Right, you right, know, right. I mean, right. that school right, right. was, you know, predominantly uh, Mexican, but a yeah. lot of the kids that were, you know, that I hung out with, it was Wu Tang and, and Three Six Mafia, you know, That's and everything in between, right, you know. Right, and right. so I started kind of making, writing songs on the bass over drum beats. That pretty much, I was like, dude, this sounds way more like Cypress Hill than any kind of punk rock track or whatever right. I thought I was right. doing. And 
then, you know, the homeboys that I was around, you know, they were more already kind of rhyming and shit. And so I would be making beats and kind of hang out with them. And I was writing songs, but really, if you writing a punk rock track and you scream it, it's a punk rock track. If you rap it, it's a rap track, at right, least the way right. I was writing. And, and it just ended up being way more That's on sick. the side of hip hop and a lot more fun, right. you know, because being in a band was a bitch, you know, like, you know, find you somebody with a drum set. Yeah, a lot gotta, of work. You know, right. who's going to listen to that and who has the money for it? And, you know, but getting, you know, six guys around rapping over drum beats was Easy. easy, you know, and fun. <laughs> yeah, easy. You could do it in a park. You could right, do it in a right. car. You could do it, you know. It, and anybody your... could jump in too, even if they were yeah. garbage. Like anybody could be a part yeah. of it, and it was and, fun. You know, I lived with my grandparents growing up in North Denver, and uh, and my mom. It's not like my mom dropped us off there and left. Somebody, you know, my family right, all lived right. in my grandparents' house, and um, I I couldn't be that loud in that house. You know, right. my grandpa wasn't about to listen to me fucking playing a you know an amp or a drum set or something. You know, so. Um, being able to wear headphones was a big deal. You need to be, you know, in your own world, like creating this whole thing, you right. know, and you think you're just as dope as the Lost Boys at the time. And, you know, <laughs> right. you know yeah, I still right. have some of those tapes and I'm very Hell yeah, that's one of my favorites. Myself, yeah. you know, that's what it no, is. Yeah. So, you know. I could dig that though. But yeah, man, that's a lot so of like, It was like producing for you then. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm producing first, totally. Oh. And every album I ever did, I think I did every beat on every album. And most of those, especially the, first half of our whole run you know that 15 year run with Kadabba, i did all the beats and all that shit too right yeah. I, I love making beats dude i love it i love rhyming um i love performing but i think beats is that's the one it's where it starts for right. me yeah. you know what i mean i don't sit around and go oh that's a dope rhyme i, I fucking make beats and then i play them and write you know what yeah, i mean right. so, you know. who would you say some of your influences like mcs and like producers um growing up uh guru for show uh, premiere you know collectively or separately um, all the soul assassins especially the early stuff you know Cypress right. House of Pain Funk Dubious Funk DJ Dubious. Bugs big to me House of Pain was big to me because I was probably in 6th grade um, when I heard House of Pain and I remember seeing the video and going oh shit these dudes are like they're rhyming about drinking fucking Mickeys and wearing Dickies and you know being yeah. Irish and you know I have some Irish right. lineage right. and it was and they weren't shitty because, right. like, you knew the Beastie Boys were cool, but, you know, there's no chance of being a Beastie Boy. But when you saw House of Pain, you were like, As and they the, were hanging out with Cypress Hill. And I'm like, okay, so the homies at North are Cypress Hill and I'm House of Pain. You know, like, right off the bat, you're like, oh, fuck, this could work, you know. And right. then I think MOP right. was a really big one for me. Nice. Um, Cold as ice. Yeah, yeah, MOP. <laughs> uh, we were talking about Jack and earlier. Yeah, you know, Psycho Realm. All, all Psycho Realm, from the early to the, to the later stuff. Mm -hmm. Um then you know, uh, really trying to think of somebody that's not so cliche. Um, well, shit, those man. aren't those aren't necessarily. I've heard a lot more cliche. Well, and I mean, you know, I like all. I <laughs> mean, much your, your like style. we all know Nas is one of the baddest. Right. We know, you know, Tupac's right, one of right, the baddest. Right. I I had a lot of uh, influence from Three Six Mafia too. Nice in the North Side. You North know, they Siders. had that song North right, North. Yeah, right. it was North Side. So thing. you know, we we listened to a lot of Three Six and Project <laughs> Pat. You know, for sure. Uh, Looney Corleone, and you know there was a lot of stuff floating Mr. around. Mr. Pookie, you know, Mr. Pookie. I love it, man. Who was the dude that used to rap here in Denver? That always the album covers were always like Mr. Pookie. Uh, he'd dress up in suits. I don't know. He don't looked just he looked just like him. He was like, bro. He was always out there too, like Mr. Verbal type shit. <laughs> oh, and for he, real? He wore he wore like zoot suits almost, and like he's Mexican too. Nah, black dude. 
Was it uh, skinny, kind of lanky dude? Look, look like Mr. Pookie, and he'd just be uh, out there in the street. I'm thinking, fucking... uh, what's the homeboy that looked like Tupac? Little Therapy. Yeah, that's who it is. Yeah, is little, it therapy? Therapy. yeah that's little Therapy. Yeah, Little Therapy. He hit me up on um, Instagram or something. Not that really. Yeah. What, yeah, what's his just, Instagram? I, he just I said, "What's fucking... up, man?" And you know, that's said, crazy. You know, because he, he was a very cool guy. Nah, he was cool, man. Yeah, I liked him a, cool a lot. Guy. Yeah, he he would come down to the shop, you know. I like that dude yeah. a lot. I, I also listened to a lot of uh, punk and metal and shit back in the day. You know, that's dope. Like a lot of that. You know, like Ramones is probably my favorite band. Yeah. You know, I love Fuck Pantera. You know, all their bullshit. Let's play pulling. My biggest ones. I love Primus. Primus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah come Primus. on. Uh, you gotta love it. If... Yeah. You know, Scarface. I think is one of the baddest motherfuckers. Big L is probably. I think if Big L lived, would have been. Oh, bro. He oh. would have changed a lot of things. Bro. You know, he had the punchlines and the. Craziness of Eminem, but also like the suaveness of like a Jay Z. Smooth, flamboyant for yeah. life. <laughs> He's the guy that made me know it wasn't like if, if we called ourselves flamboyant, everybody would have been talking a whole different shit. Thing. But when he said, I was like, okay, that's like, not I'm a bad flossing. thing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. a good thing. I'm fresh, fresh to <laughs> you know, death. Growing up, you know, not not that PC at the time, you know. Right, so, right. Yeah, no, Big L, uh, Bun B, you know. So, right. Yeah, I mean, a lot of right. and and really, I mean. Alcoholics, right. like Raskass, fucking like Slum Village. I mean, I've been all that yeah, shit. You know what I'm saying? You know, so yeah. I, I had to add someone kind of like to my top five the other day, bro, or at least make them number six. But Grand Poobah from Brand New, oh, Brand New, yeah. X is probably my favorite out of them. Right. Like, the Loud Cowboys album. I have a song with Sonata X that isn't out yet. Damn. Oh shit! It's dope as fuck, and I've got. Um, Dawit, I don't know if you guys know Dawit. Yeah, but I've Dawit's seen him last night, the, the other yeah, night. He's doing the hook on that track, and. um yeah, it's those. I'm, I'm, I I love Brand Nubian. I really like Sadat X. I really like Lord Jamar on the internet. Yeah. He cracks me the fuck up. He's hilarious. I mean, he don't like me, I think, as much as I like him, but I do like Lord Jamar. <laughs> I think he's very entertaining, and he makes a lot of good points. You know what I mean? You know? And he's also, if you watch him from early to later, he's grown up. You know, he right. used to just say whatever, and now he's, like, very... I think about that more shit. more solid about it. Well, and also probably he had a lot of people go... Yeah, you're wrong. You hear yourself enough times. And when you're too, wrong, you're wrong. You know, and that's you hear okay, yourself enough you know? times too, and you fuck up, and yeah. you're like, "Fuck, I, I, yeah. I need to." Chill. But Grand Poop is definitely the most fun out of those three guys. I just like Sadat the the. Wow, Cowboys albums. They're all tight. Man. Like, they really yeah, are. That's a team right there. I just dude. think Poobah has, like, the lyrics. Like, he has, he's yeah. the one with, like, a couple solo tracks on the first album, and that's... Well, the album the um, with Punk Shove Up Get Beat Down, Poobah wasn't on that no. album. And that's when they kind of got a little... They were mad. They were beefing. And yeah, and then when Poobah came back, they did the, you know, Don't Let It Go To Your Head, and they got more, like, back the way they started, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I, I liked them a lot, man. Man, Brian Nubian. Yeah, I mean... Fresh to death. You talk about hip hop. It's hard not to bring up like Tribe Called Quest. Right. Yeah, for you know, sure, I mean, right. I, you know, the, uh, Ice Cube is probably one of my favorite top fives for sure. For sure. Especially Ice Cube to me is like Metallica. You know, you got your first, you know, five albums or three albums, whatever, four of Ice Cube, and then you right. got the other ones. Right. That's kind of how Metallica is. It's like there was a breaking point where I'm like, okay, I, I still dig you, but right. I'm kind of more on this different. side of things, right. you know, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. and the NWA shit even, before, you know, before. Oh, dude, Ice Cube's bad. I watched him on YouTube the other day and watched him do He's that like opening it's... set for LL Cool J yeah. in New York. Oh, yeah. And I've seen that. It was dope. Yeah, that shit's you know? dope No Vaseline that's to this a... day is the baddest <laughs> diss track, you know, diss track ever made to me, yeah. you know. And Doug C's bad, and that's his hype, man. Yeah. You know you're bad when your hype man is Dub C, dude. Like right, right. You, you did something right. You know, so. Not for sure. Yeah, that's crazy. Hey, talk about early cadaver days. How that shit started. 
um, so Cadaver, the so Bags of Dagger was what we called our crew, um, and in '99, uh, North Denver North High School days, um, and that was with me, Crooked Hooks, uh, Doctor Rotten, A.K.A. Nate, um, Pauly Brawlin. Uh, we had a guy beatboxing named Henry Hill and a guy DJing named DJ Organic. Um, oh, yeah. DJ Organic and Henry Hill left after the first set of songs. And then Paulie and I made an album in 2001, something. I, I was already kind of living on my own, so it was after high school. Um, put that album out, and then he left also, and it was kind of me and Hooks and Nate. You know, and we kept it going with Cadaver Avenue. And then I was, by then I was old enough to be playing shows, you know, mm -hmm. at least um, somewhat. And uh, I met Ozma um, playing shows. And then Manic, who was also from North Denver. That's what I was going to ask, is everyone from the North or what? Ozma was, uh, I think Ozma went to GW or something. But um, Manic um, was also in North Denver. And Manic was always around us hanging out. And it was probably about 2000 three, four or something when um, Hooks, Manic was always rhyming with us and Hooks was like, you know, we should just put him on the albums. Like he's just doper, better than us. So then he kind of came into the fold. Osmond was in the fold. Um, Life DMC from Raw Foundation was with us for a little while. Um, and then as time went on, um, we kind of dropped the Bags of Daga thing. We had an album called Cadaver Avenue and yeah. the kind of flowed, you know, the name stuck, the Cadaver Avenue thing. Cadaver Records really was never our name. That was our company. <laughs> and Cadaver was more our name, but everybody put records after it because they just figured and we just we couldn't really ever shake it. So it's just what Said it fuck is. It. It's what it is, you know. But it was to me it felt too much it was too dated, but you can't really shake it. You know, that's that's our our shit, you know. And then over the years, um, I guess uh Osmo kinda went and did his own thing. Life DMC was you know, he was with us for a few years. I right. got mad love for him, but he did it the one album and KO's the shows. KO, yeah. Um and then, as of late, um, we all still hang out all the time. You know, it's easy to hang out with your friends when you own a bar, though. But uh, yeah, you know. right. But uh, Hooks and I have made you know a series of records. He's on my new album. Manic was on um, the album before last that I put out two years ago. Nate's actually um, in jail, so I haven't done the music thing for a little bit. But hopefully, he gets out soon. Um, yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, that's that's it, man. And you got an album coming out, right? I do, man. It comes out the 12th of uh, September. Talk and, about that album. Um, what can we expect? It is, uh, it's called In the Desert, Not Defeated. Um, I'm wearing a ring right now that has kind of a, you can't see it, nobody. Put it right here. But it, um... It's in Latin. Uh -huh. It has some Latin writing on it. And what it says is even in the desert, not defeated. Um, this ring I got made um, to look like a ring that my dad had that he got from his grandpa. And um, it was kind of something that they would, I guess, you know, my dad took that they would say, and it was an old saying. But basically talking about our family, you know, not, you know, being tough, you know, not, not tough like we'll kill everybody, but tough like we're resilient. Right. You know? right. And in the last... Um, year and a half my dad had passed away um and sorry to hear that it's broadway but the so the title came from that you know mm -hmm. and, and a lot of the music on there 
one song that, uh, specifically talks a lot about my dad, but he, he had a uh, rough last year and I was kind of his caretaker and right. so that was a lot of fucking work. But um no, I feel you. That's good, you know, but the album cover is really cool. Hooks is an artist outside of making music and he actually drew a picture of my dad and my grandfather and my cousin who all passed sitting at a bar in the or sitting at a table in the bar at Bar Red. Right. And that's my cover for the album and it's called In the Desert Not the Fetus. Well that's very personal to me. But right. I'm at that age where like I'm glad if I fucking get 5,000 plays, you know, no, you know what I mean? That's dope um, for you. Is, yeah, you're but the music is dope, dude. I mean, there's right. a couple songs I play guitar on. I could play guitar just from my days of trying to do right, metal right. shit and everything. Right. Um, <laughs> from the metal days. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Sick. And then you're, all, and you're on all the production. I did every beat. You make beat. all the beats, yeah. I did every beat. Still. Um, that's dope. Yeah, it's dope, man. Yeah, it's only dope. It's 11 songs. I got copyright from Weatherman on there oh, um, on the first single. And me and Hooks do that, so... Yeah, the album's hard, man. I'm going to check I mean, that out. I made a goal uh, a couple of years ago that I was going to put, you know, hopefully two projects out a year. You know, oh, dope. Like, fuck it, man. Yeah, you just know, put them and, out. Um, right. it's, I've, been, I've been pretty much on my shit, you know. Uh, COVID 2020 helped because everybody was sitting at home on their phones. Yeah, yeah. I was at work. I'll play your shit right now. Yeah, you know, so I, I, I was just recording <laughs> all my tracks in the basement at the bar before yeah. work, and then I would, you know, go to a studio and get them mixed and put them out, you know. Right. So, yeah, man. Hey, I was going to ask you, what was it like growing up in the north side back in the days or in high school and stuff like that? Um, when I was a kid over there, I grew, my mom was a kid, and, and definitely when my grandpa was a kid, because they all went to north. Mm -hmm. um, there was more Italians, maybe. You know, they kind of, so in my house, you know, that was really like the, the feel, you know what I mean? Um, but when I was growing up, it was um, more Mexican or, or uh, Mexican-American or whatever you want to say. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, shit, there was, you know, panerias and fucking... Everything was already You there. know, places that made their own sausage right. and, right. you know, parks and everybody hung out and smoked weed and we all sold weed and, <laughs> you know, we listened to a lot of different kinds. You know, Northside had the funnest music, man, because, like, we listened to fucking hip-hop, like, whether it was East Coast, East Coast shit or it was Hyro. Um, but we also listened to gangster rap like a motherfucker. Right, right, you know, right. like Cutting Crew was over there. Right. Fucking, I, I, we used to, when I was really little, we used to buy weed from some dude in Cutting Crew and he would give us weed because we were rapping and shit. You know what I mean? Like, that shit was dope, dude. Right. You know, but um, my family all lived, you know, you could almost walk to everybody's houses and, yeah. you know, it, that's it, how it, it was. It was beautiful. And the place yeah. was beautiful, man. It had trees and grass, but it was also kind of urban and it was close to downtown. Right by downtown. Straight a lot down of the parks, hill. you know, I mean, it was. Had its spots or its times that it was kind of dangerous, and you know what I mean. Right. You know, you knew which way to walk home. Sometimes, you know, a right. lot of parties would get shot up and shit like that. But not, you know, ninety percent of the time, everything was just fun and love, and you knew everybody, and yeah. you know. And now yeah, it was I, I, it's a very. It was a culture shock for me. I went to North after Manuel. Man, my sister. I went, went to, to Manuel first. Yeah. I grew up in the East Side, well, yeah. Swansea, you know. Yeah. Then I went to North, and man, I, I, that was the whole thing the, that was crazy to me is that everybody was really cool. I was a freshman when you were a senior. Yeah. And so that was like, I think at that time, everybody was just like so cool and, and, and hung out together. And there was, yeah, there was separation, a lot of, little separations, but not they much. there wasn't much at all. No. Even like the all the different no. like little groups of Dude, kids like hung at, out together. At lunch, bro, like I would go, like I'd go to lunch with some dudes that were hardcore motherfucking Northside dudes. Right, And also, right. like, a dude that was a total dork. 
Yeah. Right. And like, and little, you know what I mean? And some hip hop dudes and maybe a guy who plays football and like we all just, because we had the same lunch period, there wasn't right, like right. a lot of that like, you know, That's these guys hang here, hang here. Type of shit. Right. Well, they were, everybody, there wasn't a lot of bullies and shit. Nah, nah, Like, nah. you know, everybody was real cool or bullies. I don't know how to say My girl always says I say that wrong. Right. But yeah, they, um, yeah, North was fun, man. The neighborhood, I think, reflected that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think so you know, for sure. I, I think having my grandpa there who, you know, went to North also. My grandpa's picture was in the trophy case for wrestling uh, Damn, at North tough. when I was there. <laughs> and my grandpa that's was sick. born in, like, the 20s, you know? Nice I mean, that, you know what I'm saying? Like, that yeah. that's old school shit, you know? Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I, did, I, I, um, I lived across the street from a park for a long time, and we threw parties all the time. We'd be in the park. We sold weed and... You know, you're talking music, about that, right? Yeah, yeah, man, I would roll up to this park all the time. I've seen just, a little shorty, right? Because you're younger. I was young. Yeah, I was younger, and uh, we'd roll up and after fucking practice or whatever we, yeah. we were doing, and go chill out at the park. Yeah, man. Yeah, and I, so my like, house kind of had like a stoop. That's where I got Cadaver Avenue. Yeah, that's absolutely, I, man. That's where I got Cadaver. Yeah. The first time I ever listened to it, you gave yeah. it to me right there. Yeah, dude. That's see, we were always always promoting. You know, right. Ah, yeah, there. exactly. But yeah, man, no, I I miss it a lot. I. I I go over there. There's a really um, good Mexican restaurant, like two blocks down from Gaetano's on, um, I guess, 46th in T-Home. Mm. And my fucking head, I can't think of the name. But we go there and eat a lot. That's probably the most time I spend in the North because we love that restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's weird over there, bro. There's a lot of places that I remember being around, and it's like, it just ain't the same. Right, you know, but no, whatever. It's, it's you know. not. It's not for sure. I mean, the you east know. side isn't the same, and that was no for me. That I mean, that was a grimy place. Like the, the yeah. you know, when you talk about like north, you know, being there was like times there, but in the east side, Emmanuel, it was always like yeah. Well, I remember every the gang banging was serious. When I went on, to north, it'd be on your uh, toes. Emmanuel and North were on the list to get shut down. Yeah, yeah. Possibly. That and Manuel was like, I think rated as the worst school. Yeah. And North was like the second one right. or third one or right. something. You know, and, and West kind of did get shut down. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. No, Manuel like, got shut down. Manuel was kaput, they right? They shut that like, shit down. Yeah, that was the end of that. That's when so, I went to North. Okay. Okay, so it was that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, My sister went to Manuel, but that was in, um, my sister's like 10 years older than me, so that would have been late 80s. You know, mm. but it was shit then too. Right, right. Yeah, it was too bad. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm glad to see the school still going. When I right. when I go by North, like the high school, it kind of looks the same. No, it's it's a different. It's it's definitely you know. there's money now in in the North yeah. Side and and the you know property tax dictates school yeah. you know budgets and shit like that. And now they're, I guess they're they're doing some cool shit there. You know, they got yeah. they got some. You know, I got uh, immortalized there. They put a Zoot Suit fucking oh, sweet. riots poster in yeah, the, the, in the, riots in the library. That. Yeah, that was that a, was huge. It was in Westward. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. on the front cover of the Westward yeah, for that shit. That. Bro, that shit Damn. was crazy. We Twice. we hung that up in the cigarette shop. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking. We tight. did because we were like, dude, we know tight. these motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah I remember. Tight. Yeah, we. Were, that's where we would go from practice to yeah, to there. You know, that's wild. That was crazy. That's cool. That was dope. Yeah, I I don't know. I miss it. I mean. On the other hand, whatever. It was different. You know. L- even Lowell and 32nd, all that shit was... 32nd and Lowell, dude, when I was a kid, it was like Pizza Alley was there. <laughs> Pizza Alley. I'd give him that. But like BJ's was where the, um, whatever, Three Dogs. Three Dogs, was yeah. BJ's Market. And right. like you'd go there and play Pac-Man and shit, you know. Right, and right. There was like liquor stores and a laundromat. Right. And a uh, video store, you know, coffee and, shop opened up like, like coffee, common, common grounds, grounds was, there was the shit. Through it. My my little cousin uh, Mary Cavallari 
was the barista. So everybody was. Ali was the. Ali and, and, uh, and, and Emily. Buddies, Emily you know? and fucking. Yeah. They were all. They all worked there. Yeah. That was Absolutely. the shit. I fucking. Dude, we'd go in there. We get. This was later than time jumping, but when we had the steakhouse at the club, uh, we would close the steakhouse and, the, and Tomas that runs the bar with me. He and I, we get so fucked up after we close the steakhouse and we go do whatever. And then we'd go to Common Grounds when they opened, the like, morning. with all the fucking yuppies and shit. Right. We'd be in there getting their Hell coffee, yeah. but we're just coming. We're, like, in suits looking all fucked up. From the know. night before all fucked up. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. But that's I always, sucked. I felt like I owned it. You know, I walked right. in, like, but you guys are in I my, grew, you're in mine, and that's my cousin. Right. And she's probably going, son of a bitch. You yeah. know, like, yeah. well, thanks for coming in and being fucking weird, you know. Yeah, man, that shit was uh, dope. That was a, that was a cool fucking hangout. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, a good I mean, spot. You could just hang out out there, too. Yeah, absolutely. That was the man. thing. Now it's too stuffy. You can't, you don't feel comfortable don't like just it. chilling. Yeah. You can't yeah, do people I, all up like on I you. said, I mean, we'll go over there and eat, you know. Yeah. Um, I didn't go to that uh, thing at La Raza Park yesterday, but I went the year before, you know, yeah. with the cars and everything. And um, right. that's kind of fun because it kind of feels the people kind are of there again, ungentrified or something. Right, you know? for but, a second. Uh, right. Yeah, but we didn't go yesterday. We had shit to do. Right. But yeah, I wish, you know. But other than that, man, I don't know. It's weird. But even that's weird because you go there and there's a big old line of, you know, I mean, I sound stupid saying, but like white folks. That aren't not from Here that neighborhood. The culture, like, going oh, there wow. to talk to you know some Native Americans. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, dude? <laughs> you know I'm not in that fucking line, and I grew up here. Get right, out of that line, right. bro. You know, but yeah. I don't know. No, that's that's that's, that's what it's, it is. Though now now it's all a, a show. You know, we get to it's, we get to yeah. play a little a little culture show for for people who don't I mean, have it. It's if if they're making money off of it. You know, at least they're making money off. Right. I'm talking about, you know, the, the, our people, the yeah, white the people, people yeah. making right. money off it, you know, and not that's the white people. And that's right. what matters. Right. That is what matters, you know. Yeah, because yeah, what are you going to do? Right. You know, it's right. unfortunate. I mean, I don't know. I like it when motherfuckers come in the bar, you know, from North Denver and, you know, kiss my ass because I actually was from North Denver. Right. But dudes that are actually from the north side come in the bar is different, you know. Yeah. What I mean? You know, the conversations are very different, you know. But people that moved in the neighborhood, you kind of, Tell them all about it. It's right, like you're taking right. them on a That's tour. A, yeah. You know, it's all bullshit. You right, know, and then I see guys I actually know. You know, it's normal. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? It's life. So, yeah. Yeah. And I was gonna say I've been watching a couple podcasts and they've been talking about like this new generation is where they need guidance for everything like that. They're like they want to know about like the hood. Yeah. And what's going on? And it's like they live vicariously. Like what's going on <laughs> here? Right. Like everything you know? is vicarious. Even yeah. I mean, look, fucking metaverse. I mean, totally. Well, me too. I mean, you know, on my way here, I was watching uh, The Boys, you know, on my side to get caught up on that show. But, dude, I was in such a weird space when I got out of the because I Ubered down here. When I got out of the car, I don't really come, you know, this far down. Right. what are we, a Hampton or Broadway? Yeah, this is south. Yeah, you're up. from the north side. Inglewood, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I got out of the car. I was like, dude, I got to get my fucking bearings, bro. I just was watching these motherfucking superheroes beat each other up and shit. And I was like, okay, where am I at, you know? And I got here early even for that because I didn't... I mean, I know where the area is. I know what's past right. Herman's. Right. Like, Herman's is about as far That's as it I right go. there, yeah. Yeah, I was like, okay, I know Herman's, so where am I going, you know? Right. So, but I found a bar. 
I know as a kid, True. man, we never came down here. We might go to the really. Cinderella City every no, once in a while. And the surplus store. Yeah. The surplus store, I would go there when I was a kid. That I recognize that. I was like, I don't know how old you are, but Cinderella City used to have like a magic shop, bro. And they used to sell the stink bombs that used to take to school. Yeah, dude. And then Fantastic Nathan's was in the basement. Yeah, Fantastic Nathan's. Bro, that shit was fucking sick. My cousin lived down the street. He grew up over here. Cinderella City and Villa Italia almost put in the same paragraph. Right. You know what I mean? And that's Belmar now is Villa Italia. I mean, right? I mean, that's different. I think you could quote me on this, but I believe Inglewood. Uh, I mean, uh, Cinderella City was the first mall. I believe it. Ever. It was that big. Damn. You know, ever. You know? I know. It was big. It was uh, like big. two levels. It like was huge. Kind of crazy. Was, like, I grew up by Lakeside Mall. Yeah. Right. And that mall was like a dirt mall even when it was happening. Even dude. when it like, was popping. Yeah. Dude, like, it was, was popping, though. Shit. But it was <laughs> where you go to hang out, not where you go to shop. To like, shop. they had oh, like no, a. We would never go to hang had out money. there. It was, they uh, had a the Sam Goody and they had a, one yeah. of those kind of like Korean shops that sold like Bugs Bunny throwing Northside on a shirt or something, you know. And other than that, and maybe. They had the like Asian antique store with yeah. their fucking swords it, and nunchucks yeah, and exactly. shit like it that. Just, but in the but the basement had this food court that was shit. But it, the rest of it was empty, and everybody be down there skateboarding, skateboarding. and smoking cigarettes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I remember they used exactly. to have the haunted houses there because yeah, it was like, dude, Scream Street. Yep, Scream Street. Street. And then Lakeside oh, was the shit. You know, the actual right. amusement park right. was cool. What was the Eminem CD that was really popping? Like his third one when he released it earlier, and I remember I got it at Lakeside Mall because I, I had heard like. Like it got bootlegged and they, they released it earlier and I like drove you know what I mean Lakeside yeah. Mall and Sam Goody got I mean, that the shit. Arrow, I don't know if it was the second. It was the third one I want to say the, the one. Uh, the, or no, maybe it was the second. I thought, I'm gonna one. say the second one, but I don't know. It was know. the second one, I think. I'm trying to think when that place got kind of torn down, but it was probably um, after that, 2005. No, yeah, it was like 2005. It yeah. was it was that was when it lasted yeah. till. That you Target know. was there at the last. That thing. was the last leg. Yeah, and Target's and gone. Boom! Oh yeah, you Walmart's know. there. Walmart's there. Yeah. That Walmart is fucking not my favorite Walmart. <laughs> no, that's the fucking. As far as Walmart's go, why is that? Every time I go there, it's Walmart. just a shit show, bro. It's too. Walmart it, usually is. Walmart's a shit show, but Walmart's a shit show. I'll tell you what, the one over there is worse than than the one on. Than uh, all of the rest of them. Well, Pearson, Colfax, and Pearson, Colfax. What is it? Colfax, Colfax and, and Wadsworth. Wadsworth, yeah. Yeah. I think that one's better, and that's not saying much. Because it's on Colfax and fucking The nice Mons one's like so... in Aurora. It's like huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, Rabbo like, too. Yeah. Rabbo. Yeah. Nice. Because they're bigger. No one, they're yeah. be- they're, right. The condensed ones are just kind of shit. I don't the know. The super Walmarts. Yeah, you know. Not to take anything away from Walmart, though. I mean, I'm not saying I don't go. I'm just saying if I got my choice, it's not the lakes. I don't go to Walmart, man. I can't. I can just, I'll fucking just go to Target. Like, fuck it. I'm gonna, I mean, I'm going to up it a little bit. Before they um, fuck stopped closing, if you could go there in the middle of the night, it was the shit. Oh, right, yeah. When right. everything was and then now that you got to go there when everybody else does, I'm good. I used good, to go there you know? in the middle of the night just to people watch, bro. That shit yeah. was fucking wild yeah. there. Like, what are you people I like getting dressed up. They don't want to so I know I'm like out. absolutely the best dressed motherfucker in that whole fucking place. You know what I mean? Just get all That's fresh. hilarious. You know, just, just get all fresh as fuck. You don't have to try very hard, but you know, right, I'm right, just right. saying, you know. Everybody else is wearing fucking cookie monster pants and shit. I always steal the egg rolls. Pajama pants. You know, for the self yeah. checkout, they got that thing with all the egg rolls. I'm like, I'm going to if I eat four egg rolls while I'm doing you know. That's why I can't get COVID. You know, <laughs> <laughs> fucking, you're immune. You've been yeah, doing, I'm immune from the egg rolls at fucking Walmart. You know? Yeah, that's what my homie used to do with his kids. He'd go in and get, you know, at the little deli and shit, mm-hmm. and get all, a bunch of chicken and start grubbing and just walk around the whole thing and yeah. eat all that shit and then throw it all away. And maybe buy nothing, right? You know, 
Yeah, that so, place is a pain in the ass. I before the streaming services got so prominent, I I just like to go there in those DVD bins and buy every fucking movie <laughs> right. I didn't have when I was a kid right. uh -huh. for like thirty bucks. You could walk out with like fucking twenty five DVDs and shit. Now I have a thousand DVDs and I'm like, what the fuck do I do with these? What do I do with them? You know, man, you yeah. still have them? Mm -hmm. In a box. Holy shit. But I, you know, I'm not like a pack rat, but I also, like, fuck, they have the covers. And shit. Right. I got all my CDs, bro. I have this immaculate CD collection. You know, yeah. starting when I was a teenager up to when you yeah. stopped buying CDs pretty much. I mean, I got, it's fucking cool. And I follow all those uh, on Facebook. There's like CD groups that like <laughs> collect hip hop CDs. I wish CDs. I would have just kept all my shit because I really was just like, fuck, I got all this music. Dude, some of that shit's expensive, yeah. bro. Like like one of my exes, like she had got me a couple CDs for my birthday and she paid like 30 bucks for That's money then. It was like Spice One, America's Most, or yeah, yeah. America's yeah, Most Wanted. Yeah, you got hot shit in the man. The first day loss, she got me those two and she spent like 60 bucks. They're out of print, you know? I'm like, I mean, it, it's kind of cool for me to see that there is... Um, a whole group of because these are kids collecting mm -hmm. these you know they're not my age i'm 40 41 but these are fucking you know kids like teenagers on these sites that i follow you know or 20 year olds and shit and they're fucking they're like oh i found this fucking gym and it's like four five six from cool g rap and i'm like fucking own that you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's more almost like a. Um, <clears throat> it just makes me feel good to know that these kids are like Somebody gives a fuck. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Not that new music is... It, it, I could dig some of it, but my heart's, you know, back in the day. Back in the and day. Well, there's so is, much you know. now. It's, it's it's hard to even get, like, how we were talking about Pac and, and Cube and all these cats. Like, back in the day, that was what we got... Had to, We really didn't have as much to pick from nationally. Right. Like, if you went to Sam Goody... <clears throat> yeah, there was only so much there. Yeah, you were... Well, I used to. There was um, other stuff, but we didn't even know what it was, so we're not gonna buy a fucking well, CD. You know what I would do is I would buy listen. um, those maxi singles, the little mm, tapes that were yep. in cardboard. I have a ton of those, dude, and they were always <laughs> um, cheap, right. right? You know, so I would buy who I have a Rascast one that I couldn't fucking dig out of my storage to take to the show the other mm -hmm. day to try to get him to sign. Him I sign it. I couldn't pull it off, but I mean, I you know I've got some dude. I have the first printing of um protect your neck from wu-tang on the maxi single oh shit. the one they pull out of the no trunk on that old school way. mtv documentary and I, I actually shit. bought that at cheapo discs in the used bin and like and at, the, at the time no one knew that this was a real deal dude it's real it's the real shit holy fuck yeah it, like it, like amongst like the kids i knew like we'd look at it and be like holy fuck we have that you know i mean you know that's how it felt like we all had it. right you know now it's if you know i get in trouble you know i can tell it you know you would believe some of the shit we probably have that's worth money oh dude seriously man you know yeah i mean i, I have um bones first album damn the faces of death the faces like of original death. printing of that that Holy i, I got a good one for you what's it i got southern playeristic 12 inch damn. okay you can't fuck with that autographed damn. signed oh wow yeah. by andre and big boy you need to get and one of those killer uh, frames i got a frame and everything i just need a spot bro yeah <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. the game room's been playing down for 10 years that's you know just, what i mean dude that's no joke man nah. you got a bunch of shit like that though i have tons of shit like that bro like, i bet i bet your collection is he got the thing one to be reckoned with you know what i mean it's, I bet, all, it's all right bro i don't know it's uh, all right. I mean, I mean, like, I would say, like, amongst normal folks, it's probably cool. You know what I mean? Good. Right. Yeah, but, like, real but you get someone, yeah, but I do got some gems, though, too. But just, like, like hip-hop heads who didn't expect, yeah. you know, mm. shit to go like this, like, 
You probably you well, got. I was a little late to the game on Outcast. I mean, I first heard Outcast in uh, this homeboy's car, and it was uh, Elevators. Yeah. And he had a system in his car, and that right. song sounded so crazy to me. I never heard nothing like, you know, with the right. bass. And, yeah. But it was also like, like most of the shit with bass was kind of like aggressive music. Right. You know, and that shit was like not. Right. Yeah, but almost like it was the future. Right. It was kind of like when I heard Breaking Neck from Busta Rhymes. I remember thinking, <laughs> oh, fuck, is this what music's going to sound like now? You right. know, I was right. like, right. holy shit, you know, and it's not exactly what happened. Breaking Neck. Mm -hmm. But you know, or or early bust even like oh, put yeah. your hands where my eyes can see. see like he always shit. or Timberland. Like there was Timberland. you know, but but I think that Outcast when I first heard him, I was like because I didn't. Their first album I'm came later. For me, and you're you talking know. about production too. Like most, it's all like, production. You're yeah. talking about yeah. production. Rhyme like, and um, a lot was, of, a lot of these dudes would rhyme really wild, but there was a lot of like gangster rap shit that rhymed wild that I think now right. people appreciate more than when the hip hop shit hit. Right. And they were like, oh, this is, this ain't. MC hip hop, but now it's kind of like, well, what you know, where do you draw this line, bro? Because right, these dudes right. were doing that weird stop and start shit back in the, back day. In the day. I mean, you right. know, you could take a simple person like E40, you know, he rhymed crazier than every fucking buddy, right. and people would write him off. And I'm like, nah, well, you fucking rhyme like that. Try to fucking right. rap, try to even write like that. What's his piece of paper whole... look like? Like, that's fucking crazy, you know? Like, I can't visualize how he wrote this yeah, down. Like, this dude's got bro. a fucking thing yeah. going, you know? It's crazy, you know? He's crazy. And he's, a, another he's guy. a whole movement. He's a cult movement yes. in fucking when he's the a Bay guy Area. That, he actually came up with, like, a term, you know? Like, ghost right. riding the whip and, you know, top of the All line riding. Like, he had his own language, right? He, he literally yeah. had a dictionary. Yeah. He didn't but, have, like, the E-40 fucking... Kind of like... I think he said he was going to, but he book, never oh, officially he just, came oh, out. he was, like, going to put it out. But that was the thing, because... should. I honestly saw an interview with him. He was like, the funniest shit, homie. He's like, when fools talk about my dictionary and, like, how they read it and everything, and, like, it never came nah, out. There's no such know. thing. Uh, it was an idea, he but, He talked like, about it, yeah. He did, he did But you're he right. He had his own it. style, he own did. language, whole everything, He has his own culture. Ghostface. Oh, Ghostface right. would write rhymes where I'm like, that shit's hard as fuck, but I really do not understand what's going on. But it's fucking dope, you know. Ghostface. I understood he was talking about the color of his shoes sometimes or something like that. But other shit, I'm like, I fucking don't know. It just sounds <laughs> cool. He looks cool, you know. He's with the cool guys. Right, right. And you've done tons of shows too, man. Who are some of the people you've opened up for? Um, I know yeah, you're always I've in done that a mix. Lot of shows. I like, you know, not to be a jerk, but I probably played, I probably played almost a thousand shows. I played a lot of fucking shows, Fuck. from shit shows to good shows. But, right. Um, oh, my favorite shows. I opened Jedi Mind Tricks. I opened Nonfiction. I opened Too Short. I opened Mac Ten. I opened Jizza. Was Mac Ten at Cervantes? Yeah, I remember that. It was dope. Yeah, yeah, it was dope. There's not many people uh, there. I opened. Um, I did a lot of shows with Guru. I kind of knew Guru, which was really big deal to me. We did the Jazzmatazz like stint that he did. Right. Um, what did you? What do you think of his the guy that was that he was fucking with? Solar. Um, yeah. I met Solar, Solar. and uh, I didn't. He was a. Fucking I didn't pay weirdo. any mind yeah. to him, dude. He really was just some guy there. But I have pictures with Guru and, and where he Solar is right there. Um, it wasn't until later that I heard about all the shit that I figured out Solar was a weirdo. Yeah. But you know, I don't care. I mean, if that's his friend, that's his friend. And if he did bad business with people, that's not my problem and right. i'm glad that premiere was able to put that last gangstar album out that kind of sure. set the record straight and that's kind of where i'm at with it i mean you know because there's a lot of weird oh did you hear this rumor that, and i ain't getting into it i don't give a right fuck, you know? well like you said he came here a couple he played i remember him playing at cervantes a yeah couple dude, times. we opened we opened um guru's jasmine tour 
four times, I think. Enough to where we, I was on a first name basis with Guru. I mean, I, that meant a lot to me. Yeah, no, he's, Dude, he's my favorite. He's one of my top five. Guru for sure. had like a birthday party or something at um, Crave, I guess, over there by 1515 downtown. Mm -hmm. And C1 from Food Chain, okay. Corey's my buddy. Yeah. He texted me and he said, yo, man, fucking Guru's down here and um, you should come by. So I'm not a big nightclub. I'm not into, like, dance clubs. Like right. Like that, you know. But I went and uh, made my way through all these people. I went upstairs and they had this big velvet curtain and everything. And I go and I'm like, hey, Guru, Corey, you know. And, like, dude, Guru's seen me. And he got up and came and said, yo, man, what are you doing? And let me back there. Hell yeah. And uh, Corey, you know, was, you know, there or whatever. Yeah. And I had a drink and I left because I just wasn't my scene. But, I mean, I, I knew Guru that good. That's tight. That, that good. I had pictures with him. He signed all my set. Uh, back in the day, we actually That's had tight. CDs. And, you know, no, Guru, big one for me. I opened for Cycle Room. That yeah, was a big tight. one for me, man. Um, I opened for Everlast. You know, that was a big He It, it was a, a half hip-hop, half whatever the fuck. You know, so <laughs> but it was, um, and I like some of his blue shit, but it, it was still cool. And you know, um, fuck, I don't know, a lot of people. I opened for Raskaz back in the day. Um, shit, dude, I opened for Tech Nine, sold out show at um, the Ogden before Tech Nine was big, big, but he still mm -hmm. was selling shit out. That shit blew my fucking mind. That made me rethink like shows, period, dude. Like, we we're standing there, we're the first group, it was us. And then this group, Critical Bill. I don't know if you remember them, but they nah. were like a strange music rock band kind of. Okay. But they would do like covers of like metal or of uh, hip hop songs, like kind of in this metal vein, <laughs> right. you know. And then it was uh, the usual guys like Chris Calico, whatever. And um, we're waiting. They told us, you know, you got to come backstage. And we're standing there, dude, in the fucking uh, crowd. I mean, it's sold out. And they are banging like their feet in their hands. And they're like, start the show, start the show. And right. we're standing backstage like, Oh no, you know, like, because uh, we had played, yeah. we played some shows, but this right. shit was packed, and we go. went out there, and we, it was, I mean, we killed it, but I don't know that they even cared who went on, right? But we at least they we had our shit together, music. but yeah, they just needed yeah and these were the days when we had, you know, Ozma and, and you know, so it was Ozma, uh, Hooks, Manic, uh, Nate, me, and Ko mm -hmm. on the group, and guy, Samurai guy was our DJ. I don't want to leave him out, um, but we would could cater our sets really well to who we were opening for you know what i'm saying right. so if we were opening for necro we'd hit him with like hooks and status you know kind of darker you know right. quasi horrorcore shit if we were opening for fucking dead prez we'd start more on the osma side of things you know what i mean and you know Lyrical we used to hip. practice we knew everybody's shit i mean we were you know but we were also kids and we were drunk right the whole fucking time and had no idea that we were like actually doing some dope being shit. kind of successful and instead of fucking making friends you know we were you know what I mean? Getting lit. We were kids. Hey, you having know? fun. And it's what it is, you know. And I think that's you. You find that out later. You know, you find out you're old. Right. You go, oh fuck, I, I'm old now, and that shit happened in my prime, and I spent half that fucking time drinking and talking shit, and you know, yeah. oh well, you know, it is what it is. But I made enough friends and connections and shit that I'm still able to keep it going. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. You know. Doing all those shows and open up for a gang of people. Have you ever done it with any assholes or any bougie ass motherfuckers? Um, yeah, there's a handful of people that I, you know, I don't really like. Like when the mics are off, I'll say anything you want me to say. <laughs> but um, I guess like the beat nuts were super weird. We opened for them, and I remember after the set, um, 
we kind of went to them. We were like, oh, you know, we opened the show. Plus, we used to bring a lot of people. Right. Like, we really, you know, that, you know, it wasn't really pay to play, like how people make you sell tickets now. But back then, they would give you tickets. Mm-hmm. If you sold them, great. If you didn't, you didn't. But if you sold a lot, you really um, secured your position to open right before the group, you know. And I think Beat Nuts, we probably sold 75 tickets to that, you know. And, and it's Beat Nuts. It was easy right. to sell. But also, they were there to support us. Right. So we tried to kind of say what's up to the Pete Nuts after they got off stage. We're like, yo, you know, we promoted the show for you. We opened mm-hmm. whatever. And they told me, um, they said, you guys could get uh, one picture with us or something to that effect. And I remember thinking like, oh, shit. fuck it. Right. Like, I don't even care. Like, it was weird because I love the Beat Nuts. Yeah, Did, yeah. You say it was after the show, right? Yeah. Was They, they was weren't that, hanging that, out before the show. Was that you the know? weird show? It was at Cervantes. Where that... I ain't gonna say who it was, but they like fucking tied like one of the dudes' shoestrings together, and he like flipped out. Oh, I don't want to. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know all about that. I know too much about that. I don't even. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was that was the clips. Oh, that was the clips. That was the clips. And you do know about that. Oh, I know exactly. I know everything. You don't have to to say any names or anything. What happened? Yeah, that was. uh, It was some weirdo shit. Like no, that that was um, that was us. That was Nate and Hooks. They fucking did that, and they were so he. Ba- yeah, they basically it was a big. It was a, <laughs> well, they were fucking punk. You know, they they didn't give a fuck. Explain, they, explain. I don't know. Like we, the clip show didn't pack. Right. We sold a lot of. We most people there were there. Not I don't want to say most, but a lot of people there were there because we sold right. tickets. They, you know, we're not really a clips crowd. Right. And clips, I don't know. The promotion was off on that show. You Let's just what? say what it is. It's the clips. Yeah. They should have fucking had right. some people. Well, all those shows were kind of off there for a moment. Because you talk about the clips. Yeah. You talk about Feral Bonds. I know we all went to these shows. Yeah, we opened we for Bonds when he had a band. Remember Slaughterhouse? There wasn't many I didn't people open, there. I didn't go. Or I mean, you got Slaughter. Slaughterhouse, bro, and there's like 20 people in the crowd. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, real. So, well, I mean. The, the clips thing, I think more so when, when that happened, I think we were just drunk and sick of the whole marathon of the whole situation and getting treated like shit nobody's mm-hmm. there and then the clips you know their management was was being assholes or what? yeah like they would always kind of you know they wouldn't let you like we're slaving getting this fucking slave is a bad word but you know we're pushing to get people in this fucking uh-huh. show and we show up on time and we have our shit together and mm-hmm. we sold tickets and whatever 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 then you get there and fucking there's nobody there and everybody's treating us like you know, shit, yeah. weird. And uh, I think that, you know, Hooks just said, fuck it. I don't even think he knew he was tying one of the Clips dudes' fucking shoes together. Right. I think he just thought it was funny. The same way Hooks would go break a window with a fucking brick back in the right. day in the north side because he's an asshole. Like, you know, he's a good dude, but, I mean, he's wild, dude. He's punk rock, dude. He don't care. He don't care. You know, and um, that, it, it, I mean, unless this happened two times, I think that's the story, bro. Right, so he basically, like, tied, just untied t- their shoes. No, their shoes were untied right, as tied them together. He just tied the two laces. Like, I remember on the side of the stage, like, there's the speaker. Right. And the dude's standing there, and he's, like, standing there, and his fucking laces are there. And he just tied them and looked at me, and I was like, it's stupid, and we moved. And the, yeah, what did, what did, you know, what I did can't they, believe you brought that up of all fucking things. Oh <laughs> what, well, what did they do? Did he? Because I, I wasn't there. He didn't fall, but he definitely. I wasn't there like, for that show. I don't know I'm why. sure it wasn't the coolest thing that ever happened to him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nothing really came of it, but it, it, it didn't. 
add or take away from the uh, fucked up vibe at that show. You know, Cervantes had that fucking problem where they would put people on at one in the morning and oh man, sh- I've been marathon con- it. And, you know, I've been to concerts there late as fuck back yeah. in the day, like two, yeah. three in the morning. I know, yeah. like, and and yeah. sometimes that's what's up. Yeah. And sometimes right. when there's nobody there, that's and you know what I mean, it was right. rough, dude. I mean, you know, and I don't want to act like I'm above it because you know we put those shows on at Bar Red and you know we we put the headliner on late. But at least we know we're doing that. Right. Then, you know, there's a schedule. And it's a smaller, it's a contained thing. You know what I mean? But, no, Cervantes, you didn't know what you were getting into. Cervantes. You would get there and they would, you know. I remember um, we had opened for Mortal Technique a couple times, right? And uh, so we had sold a lot of tickets to this Immortal show. Probably 90-something. I mean, a lot. Times how much? 20? Yeah. Probably sounds right, you know. And we, I think we would get paid 10% or something, and then we got a slot, and then we could get a booth, and we could drink. You know, that, that's, that's right. the level we were working right. at. Um, and we had sold all these fucking tickets, and then um, Cervantes hit us up and said a mortal technique. Oh, I know what you're talking yeah, I know where you're going said with no exactly. openers, no locals. And, um, you know, we're like... Fuck that shit. I mean, okay, but, like, what about us? Like, you know, you could call us local, but we... We're so, probably bringing a fourth of the people. Like, right, you know, right. that place only fits 400 fucking people or something. So, you know what I did? Uh, I called Black Pegasus. And Black P was, at that time, would be on most of these gigs with Immortal. And Black P actually, um, whatever he did, called me back and said, you guys are good. And smoothed it out when we did play that show. But uh, And then we told Immortal later, so what the fuck are you trying to kick us off the gig? And, he, you know, he, he was like, well, it's not you guys. He goes, just that they stack these bills. He's not wrong. Yeah. You know, but I'm like, dude, they stack these bills because their promotion's all fucked up and like... Well, they didn't really do them too bad back in the day. I mean, you might have two or three openers. Not like now where you'd have fucking 10, 10 15, yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah, I think your average, you're looking Everybody at the main group, minutes. their support, plus yeah. seven motherfuckers. Yeah. I think that's almost... But if people keep their sets short, I don't think that's a bad thing. Right. You know, if people are playing 12 minutes, because if you can't get it done in 12 minutes, why do you think you could get it done in 25 fucking minutes? Right. When you're just some guy that brought your cousins and shit. You know what I mean? Like that, you know... But back in the day at Cervantes, they would let people play 40-minute sets. Oh, damn. I mean, dude, they would tell us, you got 40 minutes. And I'm like, 40 minutes? The fuck is that? How are we going to do that and smoke and drink the whole fucking night? Uh, I can't even fucking breathe, you know? But, yeah, I mean, yeah, but, but, you know, Black P came through for us on that. You know, shout out, shout the, out. That's the facts, you know. And that's kind of the story I was trying to get out of you right there. Because, yeah. you know what I mean? I yeah, know. they tried to kick us off the bill, and they put us back on the bill. And I don't... But it wasn't like I just complain I, I was like look you know no you got a fucking valid i got a bag sitting yeah. here and like <laughs> you know i'm gonna keep it then and they could come after me there's no contracts there's no fucking right and nobody's signing up that we're doing you a favor you're doing us a favor we shake hands it works we do it again mm-hmm. and now you're just you can't just kick us off the bill right you know what i mean right. i mean you could fuck us and make us go early 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 or something and we just have to deal with it but to just say you can't play wasn't right especially when everybody is you know, like Manic, I remember, he was young, man. He's he's younger than me. He was so goddamn mad, he sold a lot of tickets. Right. And Manic is very talented. Right. I mean, extremely. And he had a lot of people going to see him specifically, and he thought, what the fuck? You know, I don't run around for fucking, you know, 40 days trying to bop these tickets off <laughs> to fucking be told the day of, oh, sorry. You know, that, and, then, and yeah. then what? You know? Yeah, that was a pisser, man. Cervantes, I would say... 75% of the time I enjoyed it and 25% of the time I was very disgruntled with that place, you know. Right. I liked Scott. I liked him. I don't think it was always Scott. You know, you remember Scott looked like 
shaggy yep. kind of shaggy from Scooby. Dude, I don't know. know. There's one guy. There were the the two people that I dealt with were always in the tickets, and they were cool as fuck. Yeah, there was the actual promoter. And I've talked, I've mentioned him a couple of times, and he was a younger white cat, and he was just, was it? I don't remember his name, he was okay. just a dick every time. Like. Uh, no, Scott worked for Jay, who owned Cervantes, so we dealt with Scott and Jay. I'm talking directly. about the guy that was probably booking those shows, but oh, this sure. guy. See, and we were always kind of sidestepping that. We would yeah. kind of be like, we literally, I would see a show in Westward, it was before the internet, really, really before the, you know, right. there was the internet, but... We would look at the Westward and look at Cervantes' thing, and you'd see way down on the bottom that so-and-so's coming, mm-hmm. and I'd call Scott and say, can we get on this show? And he'd say, let me see. And he'd call me back, and generally he would say, yes, but can you sell some tickets? But that's why we were able to make that happen, because we were good You know, we were good for tickets. He didn't make us right. pay him. And there were times where we couldn't sell tickets. You know, it happened, too. Right. You know, we'd be like, fuck, we sold 20 tickets, bro, because I guess nobody gives a shit about whoever, you know, but I don't know. Those are the fun days, though, you know. Yeah, man, for sure, for sure. Like I said, um, the, I want to say the first time I ever seen you guys perform was at Cervantes. There was no one there. Yeah. But I remember you we were perform- probably headlining it. <laughs> uh, it was no, it was it was a local show. It was, it was you guys performed. You and Ozma performed because I have video from that show on one of my DVDs. Oh, really? Denton Raw Foundation performed. Black <laughs> P performed. Could have been. And it was just like some local was it We used to do a lot of shit at um, Soil Dove also. another. That's before my time. You know, there was some jokers Soil there. Soil Dove, yeah. Soil Dove used to do a thing called the Unite, and it was on Monday nights, <laughs> and it was a local showcase. And um, when you're starting out, it was a big deal to get on it because mm-hmm. you can see some of these names, you know, that you recognize on the bill, and you fuck, okay. you know, why can't we get on there? You know who gave me my first legit, legit, like I had played shows, but my first, like, actual where I felt like, I, I feel like that was a hip-hop show, was um, D.O. and Ace from Ground Zero. Sure. And they were, um, they would always be on the mall flyer, and, you know, and they would come in the shop, and um, I asked them, they gave me a flyer to the show, and I said, how, how could I get on this, you know, they were doing it at Sportsfield Rocks, you know, on Colfax and Wabash. Mm. Before it was Crystal Balls, and I think now it's more kind of a salsa club, but back in the day, it was like this dive that did hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And they told me... Um, they said, yeah, we put you on next month. And I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, and they're like, yeah, you just got to promote it. <laughs> and uh, it was the, the show was an experience in itself. I mean, it was predominantly a black crowd. And me and Paulie Brown were the only fucking white dudes in that place. And um, except for the door guy was this big, tough, white, old guy named Bear. Who was serious, like big Sick. old dude. <laughs> Bear. But we went in and um, MDZ was the sound guy. Nice. You know, and he was very sweet to us. He, he, he made sure we sounded really good. And we killed that fucking show. We really did. I mean, we really we were on our shit. But then we got off stage, and they played uh, Play That Funky Music, White Boy. The DJ played it just to, like, make fun of us and shit, you know. And, um, you know, I didn't take it too personal because you can't. But I remember thinking, okay, that was a real-ass hip-hop show. Because everywhere else, you know, everywhere else it had a guy... You know, there'd be a guy playing guitar, and then there'd be a hip-hop guy. and then there'd be, You know, and it was right, a, right. A, a local music showcase. This was a fucking hip-hop show. Local and, hip-hop show. Yeah, like a real one. And it was packed. You know what I'm saying? And that really, I felt like, okay, I want to do that again. That's right. You know what I mean? And we did. And they would yeah. put us on there. You know what I mean? And then um, the Unite guys would put us on, and then we'd play shows here and there. Eventually, um, I, I ran my own showcase at Herb's. 
for, for seven one? years. Damn, I forgot oh, about shit. that. Seven years, Damn, bro. Damn, that's 2018 wild. to 2014. I forgot about that yeah. shit. Jesus. So that the cadabonite down there. And every we, Sunday? Yeah, it was. It was uh, no, it was one Sunday a month. Or once, but every once. But for seven day. years, yeah, it's that's a lot crazy. of fucking Sundays. About that and shit. you know, and we would put guys on, and we would play, and you know, that's crazy. Yeah, that was the real deal, dude. That thing was. That was um, the the way that happened. Um, we were supposed to play at the Marquee and open for um, R.A. the Rugged Man, and there was a snowstorm, like a blizzard, right? So I, I was, I when I was in, doing the cigarette stuff, I had a. Um, like 30 bars that bought all their cigarettes from me. One of them was Herbs, right? Which is like a half a block down from the marquee. So when we get to the marquee, there's literally a sign on the door that says the show's been canceled due to weather. All right, the rugged man's stuck in the blizzard. And it was, I mean, it was snowing like a motherfucker. Like, it wasn't bullshit. Right. So we're like, fuck. And we sold a bunch of tickets to this. We knew, you know, we had people coming. And so I was like, let's go down to Herbs. I sell them cigarettes. They do live music every night, you know, Herbs. Mm -hmm. So I went in there, and um, Robbie and Laura run Herbs. I think they own it. Um, But Robbie's a really good guy, man. And I went to Robbie, and I said, hey, we have, like, 50 people coming to this show. And, I mean, I bet you they show up. They all live in Denver. You know, (laughs) fuck the weather. And they're dead. They're dead. It's snowing like a motherfucker. And I was like, can we play here tonight? And I'll just put a fucking sign on their door that says hey if you're here to see you know cadaver go you know down to herbs so he's like yeah that'd be fucking awesome right so <laughs> then we put the sign up there and this other group that was opening comes down to herbs they're like yo who's cadaver who's cadaver and like robbie's like oh that's good and he comes to me and he goes hey you guys are gonna play here we said yeah and he goes can we open for you guys here because we've got a bunch of people coming too and like they just canceled that show so right. i'm like i mean Best yeah thing. let's do it that's so fuck do we pack herbs that night with all these people in there, you know, it was actually, it was one of those, like, happy ending kind of things. The people still right. got their money back. Right, hey, real right. quick, and this is when people actually drink. This, this is when people drink. Damn, like, you, you made money at the bar yeah. that night. Now, it's kind of hard. People, but, still right. got their, people still got their money back for the tickets, too. Which they is got their even, money. Well, because Marquis was being legit. Right. You know, they it weren't was, trying to fuck nobody. It's just R.A. Right. couldn't make it. And Marquis right. said, well, right. you know, because if you we go there, they the basically show. sell pizza and shows. And if there's no show, what are they going to sell? And it's snowing. And this was early days of Marquis. Marquis now right. is, you know, really a, a staple. Right. So fucking that show went really well, right? The month this was, I think, might have been a Sunday night or something. I don't know. I still have the, the promo for it somewhere. <laughs> but we, um, the next That's day, sad. Robbie calls me up. I think he's gonna order cigarettes. You know what I'm saying? And he hits me up and says, "Hey, man, you know, last night went really well." He goes, "Do you guys always have a crowd like that?" And I said, "Well, not like that, but I mean." We got a following, and I said, plus I know a bunch of people, you know, I mean, I I sell all this music out of the shop, and, you know, we play shows, and he goes, do you want to run my hip-hop night down here for me? So we ended up doing, we did it for seven years, and we would pack it, like, two out of three times. We didn't have a dud here and there, but, I mean, we did really well, and we actually, when I opened the bar, um, I did it for one more year. And it kind of dawned on me that I needed all those people going to Herbs to come to my bar. And I was like, you know what? I think we're going to call us a day and I'm going to start doing music at the bar because I needed those, you know, I needed the yeah, business. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's segue into that. Let's talk about that. You are owner of a bar, Bar Red. I am. It's like yeah. a, it's a, it's a restaurant slash bar, Red bar does slash event. Yeah. When talk we, about it. When, uh, so to go a little bit in time, so I had the cigarette thing. Um, I got involved with the steakhouse at the Diamond Cabaret. I had the, the 
steakhouse at the Diamond Cabaret for 10 years. Is that where they have $40 sides or $20 sides? Well, they weren't cheap, but I don't think they were 20 or 40 They were probably, at the time, probably 15 bucks. But oh, a la carte, I heard, I heard a place. I've heard a place right around there. There's like something like $40 What signs. they do now, I have no idea. We, we <laughs> left in 2018. $40 mashed potatoes, bro. It's tight. My dad was um, involved with those guys at the Diamond, and um, he got me involved with them, and we had a steakhouse there from 2008 to 2018, right? Um, five years into the steakhouse, the guy that owns the building where the bar is asked if we'd be interested in opening some sort of restaurant or bar in that space that Bar Red is in. Right. And um, I was reluctant to do it because that, that neighborhood, I mean, you basically got a strip club and a jail right. at the time. You know, there really wasn't nothing over there. And, and he was very adamant that that neighborhood's going to come up. You know, they're putting hotels up. They're putting, right. you know, and he's right. He was they're right. They're there. You don't but it took, know they're there. It took fucking seven years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so that's, yeah, after a lot of negotiating, that's when I decided to open the bar there. So then I opened the bar in 2013, and that's Bar Red, you know. So yeah, uh -huh. it's um, it's a uh, it's a bar. I call it the bar because it's Bar Red. It is a restaurant totally. Um, Chef Luke uh -huh. has been there with us nine of the ten years. Um, he's been in charge of that menu the majority of that time. Um, the food's fantastic. It's mostly Italian food, uh, but Luke gets to kind of put his twist on it. You know, Luke's um, actually classically trained in French cuisine and stuff you know but oh, he can cook it down. he's great with sauces so our pastas are just the sauce yeah they're no joke you know um and then when i yeah like i was saying i opened the bar i was still trying to do the promote the hip-hop shit over at herbs and um i just i it kind of dawned on me that you know between this at the time i had the cigarette shit the steakhouse and the bar and i was trying to promote that night and that was an easy one to go let's just move this over here i closed the cigarette here. shop and i moved I, I stopped doing any kind of retail and I just would have a bunch of cigarettes at the back of the bar and I would have my homeboy Nate from the from the crew would go drop the cigarettes off all around town, um, you know, and pick up the checks for me. And then eventually with the vaping and everything, that got old. Right. Um, and then the steakhouse, our lease was up in 2018. We didn't renew it. Um, Were they trying to tax? We weren't that busy that last year. Mm. And the club, the... Environment of the club was changing to where you couldn't sell a high-end steakhouse menu as much as you could sell a low-end bar menu, and the place was getting busy so late. You know, like it used to. You know, you used to be able to fill the steakhouse up between seven and eleven, and then mm -hmm. they'd go over to the club. And now, like people weren't even coming to the club till eleven. You know what I mean? And it just it wasn't viable. Um, but luckily, I decided not to try to get something else going at the steakhouse. And, you know, we were losing money. I mean, the writing was on the wall. Um, but if I had kept the steakhouse going, COVID would have fucking crushed us. Right. There's no way we would have made that. I mean, whereas Bar Red was starting to get some momentum, and we have so many loyal regulars for the bar that during COVID they fucking bought food from us every day, you know, and we were able to survive it. And we have a small staff. You know? Right. And so we were really lucky. And I got a good lease down there. You know, I mean, it's a, you know, I've got a really fair landlord and a good lease and, you know, yeah. That's real dope. So, but when I opened it, I didn't really know. I knew I wanted to do, you know, some sort of Italian food and some sort of bar. But the neighborhood kind of told us what we really were. Uh, we used to be open for lunch and everything else. Eventually, it became a five-day-a-week thing. We're open from five to close. The kitchen goes till, you know, 10 or 11 at night. And then a few times a month, we hold events. And one of them is the hip-hop night. Right. Um, one of them's a wine dinner, and one of them we vary. You know, where we let a local promoter do it, or we'll do 
blues music or you know an art showcase or whatever the fuck you know what i mean hey so, talk about i see the i used to see them the flyers where it's like a hip-hop dinner can you explain that to me yeah so we did um originally the hip-hop night would just be a hip-hop night at bar red and we would call it uh things to do in denver when you're deaf because that was an album that I put out back in the day, but we'd call things to do in Denver when you're deaf. And it was, a, it was like supposed to be the kind of grown-up version of the cadaver night that we did at Herb's, but kind of like we serve food. Right. It's not as rowdy. Like the cadaver night was fucking rowdy. I mean, we were kids and, you know, we encouraged mosh pits and, you know, we'd let juggalos play. And the place was, it was fun. I mean, it was hip-hop, but it was wild. You know what right. I mean? So we started with the things to do in Denver when you're deaf. Then COVID hit. And when COVID hit, we had to um, just do takeout, but when we opened back up, you know, they had these um, regulations where you could only have, say, 25% capacity and last calls at 10 o'clock at night right. or whatever. And you I had to have all spacing shit, yeah. and all this shit, right? You couldn't have performances and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, what occurred to me, I was like, look, you know, I, I could fit almost 100 people here legally capacity with both levels. So 25% is 25 people. So let's get a DJ. Let's put a big, I made a big plexiglass shield that kind of in the corner where the DJ is now, except yeah. we covered that corner up. And then the, and it would go there. There'd be, you know, you see how the X was on the floor the other yeah. day? Yeah. That kind of is left over from that. So we'd put this X where the performer had to play the rapper because he was X amount of feet away from the tables. Then we would make sure the tables were regulated far apart from each other. And then we would have the DJ and we'd have five performances, but you had to call and get a, you'd have to reserve a table. Reservation, yeah. So some people get a table of two, some people five, some people seven, whatever, until we hit 25 people, which capacity was customers, 25 people. So the performers, you know, you could kind of little leeway there. And we'd sell it out in like two seconds. So we would do the fucking hip hop dinner party. It was basically a hip hop show, but you had to book a table and we'd have yeah. menus on the table that said hip hop dinner party. And right, they, you know, so basically our regular menu. Um, but we kind of were one of the first people to start doing live music again once everything shut down and opened back up. And we have a, a base group of guys that work, you know, that, that I like working with down there that kind of helped build the night over the last, you know, six, seven years. Hmm. So I would kind of put them on first. I knew they were really, you know, anxious to play. You know, Greybeard and 80 Spades, you know, and, and Vinny C, who DJs, and, um, uh, you know, a bunch of guys. You know right. what I mean? So that, that's where that name came from. But it stuck. So then when things got normal, we still kind of called it a hip-hop dinner party. And it is, I mean, you can order dinner, but it uh -huh. isn't where you had an assigned seat. Yeah, there was a time where you'd walk into the table to have your name on it, you know what I mean? And, right. You know, I kind of took some of that shit from the steakhouse and the high-end stuff and applied it to the hip-hop shit, you know, and, and, and really was able to survive, you know, all the weird capacity issues and all the regulations through COVID. And also, we were really careful about it i mean you know we didn't want nobody getting sick we didn't right. want to be on the fucking news or hurt anybody you know not so, for sure yeah we tried really hard you know to make it work but that that's where that came from and then you guys had some good shows there huh we had some awesome shows. well it was awesome because we could say it sold out mm -hmm. every single time because you only had to get 25 people and then it was like 50 people mm -hmm. and then eventually shit opened back up and then it just sort of you know right. became regular stuff and then you start bringing like the different shows like you said slum village yeah there was um so in the day, uh, Agro from Disciples of the Sick, you know, who's mm. there. Disciples is kind of a, with lack of a better word, kind of an offshoot of Psycho Rome. Um, Disciples is dope, Disciples of the Sick, but Agro is one of the dudes from Disciples. Um, 
I was a big fan of them. Uh, Brown Lucci's another guy that was on Devil's Playground, uh, Duke's label from Psycho Roman. He was on a Hooks and Status album that we did, mm -hmm. and we kept in touch with him. He would play the Cadabonite and stuff. I asked him if I could get Egg Roll um, on a song, you know, because I was a fan of Egg Roll, and he got me in touch with him. Egg Roll was super cool. We made, I mean, he gave me this verse that was like, like, this is a oh. money-ass verse. And yeah, he, just, he, he was like, killed yeah, dude, it. here you go. But he said, I, I'm coming out. He's a big fan of the Rams, right? So he says, I got tickets to the Rams, and I'm going to come out to Denver. Can I? Can we put a show together at the bar? Mm. So we put Egg Roll on at the bar. It went really well. Um, then there's another guy named Ricky uh, Bats out of uh, New York that kind of knew a guy that knew Manic. Uh, we brought him out, put him on, you know. Um, and then from there, you know, it, it grew. Went from, um, yeah. There's a guy uh, named Verbal Pimp that put shows on. Probably familiar with him. But he brought MC8 to the bar. It was nice. He did a really good Damn. job with that. Um, How was that show? It was good. It was good. It was, um, I didn't run the show. You know what I'm saying? But it, I, I, it, he brought a lot of people. And MC8 was as cool as could be, dude. I mean, he, he showed up, sat downstairs, just drank Red Bull. He was sitting with his wife, you know, I'm assuming. Uh, you know, cut that part out. And then, um, and then he came up and rocked his set. It was like 40 fucking minutes and just murdered it. Damn. The crowd was cool. And um, one of the sheriffs from the jail across the street from the bar saw the poster for MC8. And he's a cool guy, you know. I mean, I don't like all the sheriffs over there, but this guy's a pretty chill dude. And he said, I'll work that show for free if I can go and bring some friends. So I had a sheriff at the door. Because to me, I'm thinking MC8, you know, Menace Society. Right. You know, I don't know. It could you know, go down. Right. Right. And if, it instead, might, it, it was probably a, won't, but it could. It was a bunch of older people. Yeah, Whether or not in their right. day, they, they were chilling. But MC8 went really well. Um, you know, we did some other shit. Uh, Verbal Pimp brought Afro... Uh, the first time down there, and that went well. And then I brought Elzai, um, and then I met um, Master Ceremonies, uh, Brian. Shout out. Good dude. And he helped me um, get in touch with uh, Raskas and Tash, um, Elder Sensei, and we're working on some down the road. And then there, I, there's a few in between that I'm missing, but those are the big, right. to me. The Do you have, like, a favorite show out of the ones you've done there so far? This week it's Raskas because I was going to say that three days hard, ago and it was dope and it went off without a hitch. The bar was having a hell of a time too. My ice machine broke and we thought we fixed it and then it broke again Saturday. So Damn. we were Fuck. we were running low on ice um, and we were selling so much beer that we couldn't keep the you know usually you chill the beer and put it in the cooler if you're rotating. You know what I'm right. saying? There was no ice to chill the beer. Like you put a warm beer in there, it was melting the fucking ice. We were, you know, so on behind the scenes, not my favorite show, but the show itself was probably one of my he favorite. He killed that shit. That was beautiful. Um, I really enjoyed the Afro show. El, uh, Elzai was a really cool show, man. And and Elda Sensei, probably, you know, it had two-thirds of the people at Raskas. I missed that one. It, it was busy. It wasn't as packed as Raskas. Raskas right. was very busy, but it was still packed. Right. And Elda Sensei was one of the fucking coolest guys, like such a, had such an awesome mentor kind of uncle vibe to him like when you're into hip-hop like me to be able to sit there with him like he talked to me for an hour and a half when he when he touched down got checked in walked down to the bar just wanted to see it and chilled and then he, we gave him some food to take back to his room i mean the guy was really That's cool sad. and he was like telling me about like all these things that he's like you know what you know underground guys like you don't know about this and this and this mm -hmm. let me tell you about this and this and this but not like 
getting paid as a consultant. Like he's right. just telling me, just dropping knowledge. And um, God, I, I, if I knew that was going to happen, I would have recorded it. Right. You know, right. but some of it I retained, and some of it it was just really cool to have a guy treat you with that amount of like, you know, respect's not the word, but like love. You know what I mean? Right. It just felt really real. You know, no, it, it's crazy you say that because like. Like the knowledge is, you know what I mean? They got the vast knowledge and all that shit so is much. dope. And, and like know, I said, even just messing with those cats, like I said, Tash, yeah. Elder Sensei, yeah. I mean, Raz cats, they drop so much knowledge and just so much shit. And it's like, yeah, and, and they're so real too. Well, it's just like, damn, like. Yeah, they were, um, it was a trip. Like Elzai was very reserved. Didn't really talk to nobody. Yeah. Afro was really interesting. Yeah, he was cool. We had him on the podcast. Yeah, yeah he and he's cat. young. Yeah, he's young. Like he makes me feel old because he's so energetic and with uh -huh. it. But you know what was kind of cool with him was when I had something to say, he heard it like I was older. Because yeah. he knew like, fuck, this guy's, you know, 16 years older than me. He's been through it like, right. you know what I mean? Like, right. you know, which I thought was really cool. He didn't just kind of yeah. go, whatever, bro. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I, I, we worked very hard to make... We work very hard to make these feels these people feel accommodated, right? And like we give a fuck, and it's a little place, you know. We have, you know, we have numbers we got to meet too, you know. So there's some things that we can't do financially for them, but we can do on a hospitality level for them. You they're know with I mean? you. I'm there with right, you. Right, you know, and that, but that's, but they understand that. That's another thing. They get that, and that's cool as fuck. You know what I mean? They're mm -hmm. definitely not bougie, or they're they definitely not. Like, no, like, you yeah. know what I mean? No, they are not. You know. Hey, let me go piss. Yeah, not, go he was for a solid, it. He's a solid. Like a tall can of fucking Coors Light. Like, <laughs> all right. So go ahead and tell them where like Bar Red's at. Uh, so Bar Red is we share the alley with the Diamond Cabaret uh, mm. between Colfax and Glen Arm. I'm sorry, between Glen Arm and Tremont on mm. Colfax. You know, so yeah, we're and we're across the street from the Justice Center, which is the jail, the jail, this <laughs> the court. jail and the courthouse. Right. Um, and then. Now there's a bunch of stuff by us. There's hotels. Yeah. Like I said, they're um, tucked in there. You don't really know they're there, but they're tucked in the cut because I've dropped yeah, the homies off at a absolutely. couple of different hotels from out of town. Well, the, and the like, slate used to be Emily Griffith. Right. You know, right. What's you that? Go, Is that a hotel? Emily Griffith. Yeah, the Slate's a brand new hotel. I think it's a Marriott or something, but it um, yeah. it, it, it used to be Emily Griffith. It was right. the, the trade school. You get your GED, yeah, you get your barber you know, license. I had to take a class there because yeah. I failed one before graduation. Absolutely. You know, you know what was... What's kind of cool about that is that Emily Griffith, um, they have a new facility, so it's not like they got kicked out. Right. right. And they've had their new facility, and that place was abandoned, abandoned or getting worked on for like six years. And they did finally um, get it right. rolling. Got the it hooked up. Yeah, six, the, it's probably been open three or four months. Wow. You know. Um, and then the convention center is over there. I mean, we, right. you know, we're going to help out. That. Yeah. Very much. Yeah, not every night, but when there's a big... When there is something. Like, two weeks ago, bro, there was a Walmart convention. <laughs> Fucking... What? exactly what you think. Holy um, shit. Yeah, it was like X amount, dude. Like 8,000 Walmart Holy shit. people. You know, Walmart. employees, execs, managers, whatever. Um, yeah, we were getting crushed from it, you know. Um, it's different stuff. Comic-Con, dude, can happen and we can be busy, you know. Mm. Or, or uh, Chris Rock played at the Belco when we're busy. And, mm. You know what I'm saying? It, but the, the neighborhood, it takes everything. It takes everything from the hip-hop show to Chris Rock or fucking Joe Rogan playing Belco to, like, mm. uh, what's the one? Uh, Pretty Woman is doing a fucking uh, play, you know, at the Performing Arts Center. That's big. And then the convention will happen. And then you get the bachelor parties from the... Diamond Cabaret, and then you get, mm -hmm. the, you know, right. and then the, and then all the, the regulars. I mean, I don't want to discount them, you know, but right. probably half our business is from out of town, and half of it is from, and that that was by design 
right. but it took way longer than we thought. You know what right, I'm saying? You right. know, it was to establish as yeah, dude. That's, I think I I didn't I didn't know what I was getting into, but um, you know, being where I came from and and not really having a ton of money to put into something, when the opportunity to open that bar came up, it was very difficult to say no. You know, because it was like, when are you ever gonna have anybody right. that owns this building looking at me, going, "Hey, I think you're the guy right. mm -hmm. to put this in." I'm thinking like. Are you fucking sure I'm the guy? <laughs> you know, but we did it. You know what I mean? Right. And um, and it was not without lack of trying, and, and and it went through many iterations. But I'm very happy with how it is now. Still now, I feel like the last four years we really got our footing, and and um, you could pull COVID out of that last five years, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Um, but COVID was a good thing too. I mean, I got to decorate a little more like I wanted to, and right. fix stuff and paint shit. You know what I mean? Because right. when you're Got a little staff and you're open and right. you're working yourself to the bone. You know that this, you know, having that little bit of time, even though there was no money, you know, we used it, you know, to make right. things better to your advantage. Yeah, you know. That's so, fun. yeah, that, so yeah, man, I, I'm uh, I'm very thankful for it, you know, and, and doing going from, you know, the the cigarette stuff to working with the Diamond Cabaret to having the bar. You know, I mean, it, it when it was happening, I didn't realize this was like my career in my life. And now I'm right. 41, and I'm like, oh, wait, this is what I do. Oh, this is actually Like, yeah, I kept right. waiting for something cool to happen, and I'm like, oh, no, this is it. This is cool. Like, it's, but, you know, sometimes it, I was working so much, you know, working for yourself is hard. Yeah. You know, it made from the outside, you could look at it and go, oh, fuck, I bet there's all kinds of money there. But it costs a lot of money to yeah. keep things going. And when, and when things don't work, like, you're in the red, bro. <laughs> it's, it's a tough, it's tough, you know. So, exactly. yeah, man. Yeah, so right now, I just want to have bar red. I don't want to fucking do anything else. You know what I mean? Make make music and help artists and, you know, right. sell fucking, you know, lasagna. Just shit. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Life's not that bad, you know? Hey, what's the favorite, what's your favorite food they make at your restaurant? Uh, the two Chef, things. Chef Loop does a uh, shrimp scampi Diablo. Um, it's like uh, on a uh, house papadelle, which is, uh, so it's a pasta dish. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a little bit spicy, um, and it's a vodka cream sauce with some a little dash of his marinara on the the ribbon pasta and the scampi shrimp that's kind of black and it's beautiful. I need that. And then he does uh, one of the apps is a uh, fried ravioli. It's a goat cheese ravioli with the Damn. marinara that he makes. Those are probably the two that come to mind. Hell yeah! You know, Sounds it's fire. a small menu, but everything on there is very good, man. Sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm I'm down with all, everything you just. I'll said. buy you. You guys should come in. You know, oh, yeah, all you guys, definitely. You know, bring a date. I'll buy you dinner. You know, we'll, we'll I mean, I mean sure. me, and I mean that one hundred percent. If you guys want to come in, you know, I'm happy to do. Yeah, that. no, I for sure appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, man. The no, it's a, it's fun down there, dude. You know, and it's fun to you know we're doing a wine dinner this Saturday, mm -hmm. um, private event. It's like for twenty five people, uh, seventy five bucks a person, three course, three wines, good for dates. You know, we're closed down for it. You have to RSVP. Yeah. The chef gets to write the menu. You know, so, we're doing that one week after Razzcast. Right. So, I mean, we're literally doing, you know, we're doing whatever makes us happy and makes people happy. And, you know, that's that's what's kind of cool sorry. about it, you know. And we, on that, you said three different wines? It's three different wines. And so then each three course, course has a different wine. Yeah. And can you give me an example, like, maybe what each course might be? Is it like a um, meat? Is it a fish? Is it like, well, a, the you know? Well, it's an app, a main, and a dessert. Okay, there you go. Yeah, and he'll okay. do, um, there, last month, the main course was a bison ribeye. That he did, you know, with like um, what the hell was it? Like uh, he's gonna kill me. It was like a 
cashew butter or something. It was very good. Very, okay. Very good. Uh, this month he's doing a mole rib. So he's doing Damn. ribs. It's kind of got like a mole glaze. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 and the chef's one of those guys that can do. Sounds like uh, he can do almost anything. Shit. <laughs> he can, that's what I'm saying. He can do desserts. Like a lot of times a chef maybe not not able to do dessert but can kind of nail all the savor you know all the you know what i mean but he can do it all man and 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 a good and a big hip-hop fan so when like rascast is coming he knows he's gonna get his ass kicked back there but he's stoked you know? right and that's what's up you know that's why i always make a point to post pictures with us and the artists you know because you mm-hmm. know luke luke's a big into that i mean he's the we have a, a very good team down there you know and tomas and i behind the bar tomas uh helped me run that steakhouse for 10 years you know, and then the other guy in the kitchen with Luke um, was our broiler at the steakhouse for 10 years, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, we're uh, – I'm lucky, dude. When everybody can't find staff, I'm going to work with four motherfuckers I really care about. You know? Right. And, and right. so, yeah. Yeah, man. It's it's wild. And, you know, and I still make fucking rap songs and shit. Right. It gets a little harder to rap. Still music. You can't rap about the wine dinner. You know, it's like sometimes you got to <laughs> kind of dig. Like, you know, what what's it going to be, you know. But, right. You know. You know. Well, yeah, man. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's a good time to do. Yep, yep. Well, shit, man, you got any kind of final thoughts you want to let them know about Uh, Instagram for the Definitely, man. Bar, uh, Red, all that good stuff? So my personal Instagram, which I post primarily Bar Red and and some music stuff and some life stuff, is stat underscore young underscore cavalry, which is C-A-V-A-L-E-R-I. So stat young cavalry. And Bar Red is Bar Red Denver. So those are both on IG. Um, I got a single for my new album coming out this Thursday. Hell yeah. Called Dolly, D-A-L-I, and it's featuring Crooked Hooks and Copyright of Weatherman. I did Dope. the beat. The song's wild. It's, it's probably the most hardcore song on the album. I dropped that first. <laughs> you know? Hell yeah. But then um, next month, the 12th of September, the full album's going to come out, and it's called uh, In the Desert, Not Defeated. Um, I'm really, really digging that out, man. I think people will like it. It's 11 tracks. Right. Um, I'm working on putting the finishing touches on a track with um, Sadat X and Dawid. Oh, shit. And then I got another song with um, Afro and Crooked Hooks that's almost done. And I got another track with 80 Spades that um, is in the early makings, but it's it's getting there. So that I'm, if all goes well, I get this all this out by the end of the year. Right. You know, and start so, fresh. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, so. So yeah, man, and then Bar Red does the some iteration of the hip hop night the second to last Saturday every month, and we do the wine dinner the last Saturday of every month. So, you know, and if somebody wants to hit me up and be on any of that, man, they're welcome to. Um, my right. phone number's right on all my shit on IG. It goes right to me or the bar. You know, I'll take yeah. texts or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So, that's hell yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. Man. You know? I was gonna ask you real quick. You still make a beat? You still find time to make beats? Dude, every beat on this new album I made. Right, but I'm saying, do you make beats? I make them all. No, I'm, I'm not asking though if you yeah. make all the beats on that one. I'm actually, yeah. do you like make beats? Like, do you have beats? Like, you oh, know just what I mean? sitting around? Yeah, or is it like a yeah. go? Is it a, yeah, is I it do. A, I mean, I. Uh-huh. That's what I'm saying. Do you like maybe like in the day? You know, I would say, fuck yeah, I got. Well, uh-huh. You want to buy a beat? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I don't. And the other thing is that I don't. I don't sell beats, man. Like I have, but that's not really my thing. Like if someone really uh-huh. wants me to. If they're dead serious and they're making music and they're going to actually write and record on a beat, I'll give them a beat. Right. You know, I'm happy right. to. They can be patient. It takes me fucking ever to, you know, if I got five guys want a beat, it's like, right. it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Right, right. But yeah, absolutely, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, I got a lot of beats chilling. I've been, I did a record um, earlier this year called, uh, 
the hell was it called? Devil You Know. Um, did really well, honestly. And it was right on the heels of an album I did with Greybeard. And that album did mm. really fucking well. Right. Um, but the Devil You Know album, I went and found 10 beats that I had made that never got used over the last, like, I mean, really 12, 15 years, right? Just and they just, they've the always drives, been sitting yeah. there. And I pulled them out and I redid them. I kind of took them, like the bass, and kind of put, maybe I slowed them down, yeah. maybe I put new drums, whatever. But I was able to get that album done so quick because it was old beats. Mm -hmm. But they were, but that album is like the most modern sounding album I have because it was like I was working so hard at making these old things sound, you know, today. Yeah, right, you know what I'm saying? But sometimes I'll do that. Like if somebody, you know, revived. wants a beat or I'm trying to make something, I'll go back and look at shit. You know, after doing shit for 20 what years. What could I do something with, yeah. Or something that's always in my mind where I'm like, we never use that and it's dope. Right. Like, what if I pull that out and fucking, you know, what's it sound like now? Does right, it sound fucking right. corny or, you know, is it is it workable? You know what I mean? Well, I mean, know? even now a lot of that shit's coming back, you right. know, that grimy, like even some of that, you know. A little bit. I mean, Griselda and all that is With all that, happening. yeah. It's... I don't really understand the uh, no drum thing that's going on, but yeah. I know it's a thing and I do <laughs> listen to some of it, but like for me to produce it, I'm like, so what do I do? Make the beat and then take the drums That's off? Like, I don't say. fucking I don't get it. You know? Make the beat and then take and the drums off. And then just take them off. And Need I mean, them. people dig it, but I'm like, <laughs> fuck, I don't know. I can't really, like, mop the bar to that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. I'm going to listen to people talk. I'll just listen to you motherfuckers. But I appreciate you, Joe. Uh, I appreciate you, too, We appreciate too, you listening, man. That was dope. Man. Hell, yeah. Well, shit, man, there you have it. Another fucking dope episode. All Status, right, Cadaver yes, Records, Bar Red. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate that. It's your boy, Joe Thunder. We got you Elvis Freshly. We got one. one in the house. Yeah. Smoking you, with Joe Thunder. That's what's up, man. You can find us on all platforms. We are out of here. Peace. Peace. Peace.